Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. The Early Line. Line up! All right, here we go. It is now a uh, closing, the closing week of February already, 2020. Wow, the 24th on a Monday. Welcome in. It is the early line. Joe Ranieri alongside Dane Martinez, at least for the next 48 hours. Dane will be a married man uh, when we see him again next uh, next Thursday and Friday. So it's... uh, it's uh, from all of us, though, Dane. Honestly, best of luck to you, man. I know you'll be here tomorrow morning, and then it's Bon Voyage well, for you, but uh, uh, it's all going to work out. It's going to be great. There's not going to be anything to worry about. Destination weddings are always the best because you rely on other people to do all this stuff right. for you. So it's going to be good, brother. You're going to have a good time, man. Thank you so much. It's good to have you back. Shout out to Jared Smith. Held yes. you down. Last week is going to be holding me yep. down, so he's like a friend of the show. It's like he's the honorary yep. third member of the early line, and uh, yep. we made some cash last week when you were out there, Joe. Well, he's good. He's got he's like that favorite pair of underwear. You know what I mean? Right. It's like uh, I should probably wash it, but you know what? I just, come on, come on. Of which I have to get you underwear for my wedding. Thank you. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> He's definitely the flies around the wear. I love it. Uh, no problem, Jared. We love you, brother. And uh, Jared will be uh, stepping in here midweek. Yes. Much to get to here, guys, over the next couple of hours while we've got you, including a uh, everything from heavyweight championships, guys, to Major League Baseball, golf, NASCAR, uh, you name it, college hoops, NBA. It was a, and it's hard to believe, we're talking February here, guys, February 24th, and loaded across the board and it's going to be like that from here on out right until well pretty much june when the nba finals are over we'll uh, we'll finally have just baseball and maybe sit back and breathe but man we got spring training baseball games to handicap now we still got to go through our win totals monster weekend in college hoops as i don't know one two three four of the top five in the ap went down saturday yeah, and sunday good. And, of course, uh, tonight's a big night in the NBA and the association. The, the Lakers will be holding the Memorial for, uh, for uh, Kobe Bryant there. A lot of guys are going to be missing games that have permission to go there. We'll get you caught up on all of it. But first, let's check in with Dan and figure out exactly what the headlines from overnight was. Good morning, Dan. In some spring training news first, guys, Chris Davis is dealing with a minor calf issue and he'll be eased into action this spring. Manager Bob Melvin of the A's did describe it as very minor, said the team was planning to take it easy on Davis anyway. Eugenio Suarez of the Reds will begin throwing and taking batting practice this week. Suarez had shoulder surgery in January after injuring himself in a swimming pool fall. Jesse Winker left Sunday's Cactus League game against the White Sox after being hit in the left hand by a pitch. 
In his first at-bat, he was examined by trainers in the dugout. Winker told reporters he was fine after the game. In the NBA, forward Markeith Morris did clear waivers on Sunday. He signed with the L.A. Lakers, who had waived DeMarcus Cousins to open up a spot on the roster. The team did announce on Sunday the Lakers signed Morris via the $1.75 million disabled player exception they received for Cousins earlier this season. Top performers from the NBA last night, Bradley Beal put up 53 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, and a block in a loss to the Chicago Bulls, 126 to 117. CJ McCollum, 41 points, 12 assists, 9 rebounds as the Portland Trailblazers beat the Detroit Pistons 107 to 104. Jason Tatum did his best to will the Boston Celtics past the LA Lakers, 41 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, but it wasn't enough. LeBron James with the game winner in the 114 to 112 win over the Celtics. In a Daytona 500 update, Ryan Newman suffered a head injury in the crash on the last lap of the Daytona 500, but did not disclose details in a statement from the driver that was read before Sunday's race at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And guys, circling back to baseball in a story published on TheAthletic.com on Sunday, interesting news about new Diamondback starter Madison Bumgarner, according to a report. The World Series lefty has been competing in rodeo events under a pseudonym for some time now, so as you draft your fantasy baseball teams, be on the lookout for Bumgarner or Mason Saunders. A curveball, indeed. I'm Dan Strafford, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. All right, Dan, thank you very much. Yeah, it's going to be that kind of uh, that kind of baseball season, isn't it, where he's such a he's just such a lunatic, man. Bumgarner is definitely a guy that uh, he's like he Paul just, Bunyan. He, he walks to the beat of his own drummer, guys, and everybody that's ever met him or covered him says he's as weird as they come. But uh, listen, he's weird. He's also great. He's one of the best postseason pitchers we've seen in a long time. So whatever works, I'm sure the Arizona Diamondbacks will have no problem with it. Maybe, just maybe, I don't know, um, maybe Deontay Wilder should have taken a page out of his book and uh, kind of got a little uh, a little weirder than he did instead of putting on an extra 20 pounds and getting his mm-hmm. ass handed to him. Sure did. He is the winner by way of technical knockout. He is still the undefeated Lydia heavyweight champion and the new WBC heavyweight champion of the world, the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury. Awesome stuff, man. I will never forget to this day, maybe... Dane, the greatest entrance into a ring I've ever seen when you've got him on a on a throne being carried into the ring was just he is um, he is amazing on so many levels. He's exactly what boxing needs. But uh, listen, there were a couple of big winners here. Fury, one of them. The sports books are another as there was monster bets backing Wilder to uh, be able to get the job done. Uh, There was also. They did give some of it back, though, Dane, because a lot of the fight night bets came in on the under 10 and ah. a half rounds. Um, so, but listen, bottom the public loved Deontay Wilder. Minus 150 in a lot of places is what he went off mm-hmm. at. Uh, and Fury was getting, you know, plus 135, plus 140. If you hopped on him, uh, yep. it's job well done. You know, you get the guy that looks like the, the chiseled, you know, boxer that can run a decathlon versus the guy that's got, you know, he's got rolls everywhere. He looks like a damn bakery. It's like, you know, come on, Wilder's going to crush him, right? Yeah, 
No, it's funny thing about boxing, Dane. Uh, those that know how to box and those yeah. that are very good at the art of boxing. That's right. Make, uh, they neutralize guys like, oh, I don't know, Tyson or Wilder, mm. these big power guys. He didn't know what to do on his heels. And that's what Fury did to him, made him fight from his heels. He had no skills. He had absolutely no boxing acumen whatsoever to be able to counter that. And for a dude that's 270 pounds, six foot nine, man, I'm pretty impressed with what we saw from Tyson Fury over the weekend. Yeah, absolutely, Joe. First of all, I was on Tyson Fury. I gave it out right. on this very show uh, with Jared on Thursday or Friday. I forget what it was. If you looked at the first fight, what conventional wisdom was, though, Joe, was that, you know, Fury actually outboxed him for about 85% of that fight. Just like you said, Joe, when you talk about the sweet science, that was definitely in Fury's corner on the first fight, okay? What happened was Wilder just knocked him out because he had the most devastating punch in the entire sport with that right hand, right? But what really, in my opinion, was the chain. Tyson Fury changed his training team and now had the, I think it was the nephew of the great great Emmanuel Stewart as his trainer, okay? And he said it. He outlined it for you. He said, I'm not going to be on my heels and try to counterpunch. I'm going to bring the fight to Fury. He was walking him down. He was walking forward. Wilder and his crew didn't have an answer for it because all he kept on trying to do was load up and nail him with that right hand. And I got to tell you something, Joe. I think the man busted his eardrum in like the second or third round. It was absolutely ridiculous to see all the blood coming from his ear, you realize his equilibrium was off. After the first knockdown, he never really got it back. I was watching a fight with a bunch of my boys, and we were like, yo, he's he's punch drunk. He's loopy. He's concussed. You could see yep. his legs weren't there, and I thought it was a fine move for his corner to throw in the towel despite what Deontay Wilder said. But then, Joe, honestly, the best part, did you join him in the rendition of American Pie after the match when he's literally leading the entire arena in song like sure tyson fury what's good for I can't remember there it is something touched me I felt like I was in a in an Irish, like a million Irish pubs I've been to in my life where it gets to be about 12 o'clock and they bust out Neil Diamond man it was and so many things were so so much fun with that fight, but you're right. The busted eardrum, he got stitches right afterwards. He was cut yeah. there as well. Uh, he but broke he his ribs. Yeah. He, was he had his ribs broke. He was a mess. He got you know when you break your ribs, you can't breathe. When you you know bust your eardrum, you have you can't stand up. You're yeah, everything was it, but he was doomed from the start. But mostly because he had absolutely. No boxing skills to counteract with Tyson coming after him and him basically just trying to trying to throw shots from his heels. That is not okay. something he's good at. And it's always been the knock on him that, yes, he's got the most devastating right hand that we have seen in heavyweight boxing history. But at the same time, he's not he's not a Lennox Lewis. He is not right. an Evander Holyfield. These guys could actually box. He's not a boxer. He's a brawler. He's way more Mike Tyson. Than he is Lennox Lewis. Tyson Fury at 6'9", to be able to maneuver the way he does, to be able to right. box the way he does, that's, the, that's what made boxing always, to me, so much fun over the history was 
there this is an art guys you know this that, is an art i mean it's one thing to say mayweather do it it's a whole right. other thing to see a dude you know 270 pounds float like a butterfly sting like a bee that's exactly right. what he was dan yeah, crazy. and football for that time, but he knew exactly what he was doing. And every time they clinched, he just at him. With 170 pounds, zapping the energy. Had a lot. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. We're just getting started, though. Much to cover in the NBA over the weekend. We'll do that next on a grid. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. It was a uh, it was a crazy weekend, not only in college hoops but the NBA, and uh, what a rematch there between the Celtics and Lakers yesterday. We'll get to that coming up, but just uh, a couple of final points on the dominating win by Tyson Fury over Wilder over the weekend. Now Wilder does have, and he had in his contract written in he that was. he's got 30 days to figure out if he wants to uh, do this uh, trio of fights here and get the rematch. He does, he has the first right of refusal. So if he wants the rematch, he's got 30 days to okay it. It will be at a, obviously not a 50-50 uh, split. It will be a 60-40 split. So he'll have less money coming to him. But if I'm Wilder, guys, uh, don't forget, because there is also Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua match, Joshua. I believe. Yeah, yep. so that's the other one. I know the Westgate out in Vegas shortly after he won this match. Uh, had put up some lines because that's the other belt. That's the one yep. that remains out. And we haven't had a unified situation in in, in a pretty long time in the heavyweight division. Klitschko, but I think. If I, Yeah, right. And if I'm wilder, guys, I, number one, if you've ever put on a couple of extra pounds and just tried climbing up a, a, a flight of stairs and you go, Man, I got to lose weight. Um, it's a whole nother ball game to walk into when you fight at a certain weight and you're throwing on 20 pounds, Dane, and he looked like that 20 pounds going yep. backwards was a lot harder to manipulate than that 20 pounds might have been chasing guys. And right. uh, he just, he looked winded, he looked gassed, the ear didn't help, obviously, the ribs didn't help. If I'm him, I don't know that I can beat Fury in the current state that I'm in. Like, I don't know if in the next 30 days I want any part of Fury until I have enough time to be able to figure it out because, man, watch the film, dude. Like, you, you didn't think they should have thrown the towel in. You'd have, you know, lived to fight another day. There was a good chance you're not walking out of that ring. I mean, that was how bad a beating you received. And he also, as soon as Tyson Fury in the other fight, Remember, he gets knocked down, Dane, right, in the first fight. Yeah. He gets up, and then he just, he takes it to him. He did exactly right. in that last round what he did over the weekend, guys. He took it to him. He said some, it clicked with he him. That's when he figured he, it out, right. He figured it out, and I got news for you. Wilder has not figured it out. He cannot box, he cannot outbox Fury. So if I'm Wilder, 
yeah, you know what, Fury, go ahead, take I, you know, take Joshua. I need a little extra time to figure it out, Dana. And I don't know if it's a training staff, a new trainer, whatever it is, he's got to get back to boxing. Otherwise, he's not beating Fury, man. 270 pounds, Dane. Every chance he got, he laid all over Wilder, man. 230 is a big dude. 270 is a different animal, man. And when it's laying on you and you're carrying 20 extra pounds, it's no wonder why he couldn't raise his arms there in that seventh round. I think that's true. But also the other thing is he could maybe use a change in camp, a change in trainers, because what I was hearing, Joe, is that his entourage, his camp, you know, was just telling him he was the man, telling him that he had nothing to worry about, that he didn't actually have to train, that that right hand was good enough. And for most of his career, it was, Joe. I mean, 41 of his 42 wins were by way of knockout. He had the best knockout percentage of every any heavyweight in the history of the sport. You know, so they pretty much thought that, hey, all we got to do is bide our time and lightning will strike at some point of this fight. In Wilder's career, there have been other matchups, Joe, where he was behind on points, I think, to like Ortiz. But then, boom, he hit the big punch, right? Even with Fury, he was down on points in the first one, but he knocked Fury down twice. That's what got it to be the draw. You know, so I think part of it is just accepting that, yo, my right hand is a great weapon, but it is not enough. He needs to have to dedicate himself to the sweet science of boxing, get the footwork, you know, and yep. be able to do 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 more in actual boxing instead of being, like you said, a brawler. As for the weight gain, Joe, I think Fury was in his head. Okay, because Fury yep. came in saying he was gonna be bigger, right? And he he's been at that weight before, though, Joe. He's fought at 270 before. And Wilder, I think, felt in response that yep. he needed to put on some weight in order for what the knockdown was last time to actually put him away this yep. time. But it was counterproductive because then he was carrying around, like you said, an extra 15 pounds, which made him even yep. slower so that Tyre- Tyson Fury was able to do those feints, able to yep. stick him with the jab. And we talk about Wilder's big right hand. But guess what, Joe? When you're 270 pounds, you've got some power, too. You've got uh, you've got a ton of power there, and yeah, it's a lesson learned. And Dane, like one of our big thing here on the show is that we always say, and I don't care, especially on any level, really. You've got to you've got to lose before you can win. Right. And you know, to your point, the dude has had never had to really worry about that right hand as the great equalizer, right? It just it takes him out of situations that he probably shouldn't have won, but because right. it's that devastating. It's bailed him out. Well, it's not going to bail him out against the six foot nine, two hundred and seventy pound Tyson Fury, who's licking blood off of you yeah. during that the was damn him. fight. All right, that, that was is just as nasty as it comes. Channeling his inner Shakira from uh, the Listen, Super Bowl. Congratulations, dude. I mean, you're you're a crazy dude. You look like Uncle Fester. The, he looks like George the Animal Steel a little bit. Big I knew he was going to go eat the turnbuckle. Like I wasn't sure what was going on with him. He's not all there. But he's exactly what I think boxing needs as a champion in his prime. I don't know, you know, Anthony Joseph is not going to be Tyson Fury, guys. It's just not going to happen. But it is two British guys. If they take that fight to Wembley, I don't Hmm. know that that would probably be a million dollar ticket. Like, I can't imagine what it would cost if you went over to London and fought that fight. Joshua versus Fury, two Brits going at it for the heavyweight champ. Crazy stuff. But. I do think for the first time in a long time, it was so good to have the juice around a heavyweight fight. fight. 
yeah. especially in the betting community too, where guys, you cleaned up. If you had him in the seventh round, if you had Fury in the seventh round, you know, which is like picking the score, that's 40 to 50 to one there. A lot of guys on Wilder and even money. Um, also under 10 and a half rounds was the biggest bet made during that fight and that cash. But when the public loves a fighter like they did Wilder and it goes the other way, guess what, guys? Sportsbooks, they cleaned house uh, with that fight with a slight dog. And it's funny that we're even saying he was a dog, but people, the narrative around it was that the right hand is going to, he's not going to get up again. He's a little heavier. Yeah, I don't, I don't buy. And did you notice even at 270 pounds, Dane, I didn't see Tyson Fury breathing hard once in that fight. Not once did he look at, he go to his corner. He just, Man, it was like another day at the office. It was from the opening bell to when it was stopped. Uh, he looked like the better athlete. He looked like he was in better shape. And we all know for sure he's the better boxer. That's so right. refreshing to see a 200, a big guy in a heavyweight division. And I thought it was ironic. It was nice. They had Lennox Lewis calling the fight. He was great, right. by the way. Um, you know, listen, I don't like him on Monday Night Football, but I thought Tessa tore a pretty good, a pretty good job of actually calling the fight. Maybe he should stick with boxing. I can't stand him on Monday Night Football, but I thought he did a really good job there with that crew. Yeah, and I, you know, I love Max as well. We went mm-hmm. to the same high school, so um, I got a shout out to Max Kellerman. I'll say this though, honestly, with Fury, I also think. Joe, there's players like this in every sport, right, who put out that they are silly, that they're crazy, that they're a little bit off, right? But that's exactly what they want you to think, okay? Because Fury's also fainting left and right. He's looking like, you know, but he does that purposely. He's crazy like a fox, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And it's weird because you say he's 6'9", 270, but with all that movement, all that fainting, he he is harder to hit. Okay, yep. it's like a giant Floyd Mayweather on some sense, and he's doing all that just so you underestimate him. All the entrances, the singing, he was he, he fought in the WWE last year. All yep. of that makes you I think take him more lightly. And yep. he's the best he, and he's the best heavyweight boxer in the in the damn planet, Joe. I love it. And I, it's so good to see that division have some juice again because, you know, the MMA and UFC, they've, they've right. kind of watered down the sport. But, man, I got to tell you, it's um, there are going to be some guys that are now there's a guy in a gym somewhere, maybe in Philadelphia or somewhere around that is yep. is looking and saying, I'm coming after you. And that's always what boxing has been about, that maybe instead of going to be just another guy in the MMA Put the gloves on, man. Let's let's see what you got because there's still a lot of money in heavyweight boxing, Dane. <laughs> it's right, and this, thing, this is at the heavyweight division. You know, we see guys yeah. like Cotto and Pacquiao, but to see heavyweights, right? Because you know yep. someone's gonna get some damage done, and that's the Correct. fun part. You want to see a knockout. I mean, people are watching this. It's a blood sport. You want to see e- blood pouring from the ear, especially if you're gonna wait until 12:30 a.m. on the coast to even have it get started uh, listen 80 bucks a uh, pay-per-view they get a cut of the pay-per-view they got 25 million dollars each like guys it's there's somebody out there has got to go you know what screw the ufc i'm going i'm going to boxing man i'm going to right. stick with what i know how to do there's a lot of money in it and if this propels maybe another generation of boxers that stay in the ring 
I mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic. That's One can only sport. hope because once again, that star-studded event, Dane, you looked around that audience. Yep. There wasn't there wasn't a everybody who's everybody was at that fight, man. UFC to me has kind of been watered down now, and it's like, well, there's one every week. That is a must-go-to event, and it will be whatever the next fight is. It's going to be another must-show-up at event. Yeah, I mean, let me tell you something, Joe. For the first time in a long time, me and my boys got together at one of their houses. He ordered the fight, and we did it like that. You know, we haven't done that for a big-time boxing match, especially a heavyweight one, in a long time. Yep. Very impressed with Tyson Fury. Impressed with the Lakers win. Four of the five top college teams go down. We'll recap the weekend that was. Coming up here on The Grid, SportsGrid.com. I know you heard me on the radio, but you still don't pay me no attention. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. <laughs> All right, welcome back in as uh, as we take a look at the weekend that was both uh, in the NBA and college basketball. And we'll uh, start yesterday with a, a rematch of sort. Two teams with a lot of history there. Lakers, uh, 3.30 in the afternoon on Sunday, tipping off against the Celtics, the East versus the West. And don't forget, it wasn't uh, that long ago where the Celtics just dropped a hammer on the Lakers. Uh, in Boston, right. and it was not pretty here, guys. So a little bit of revenge on the Lakers' mind, and LeBron James and company, Anthony Davis, LeBron James combining for over 60 points uh, between them for the team, proved that may uh, they're a little bit much, but so did, I mean, congratulations, Tatum, man. If you guys don't realize the superstar that, uh, that yep. Jason Tatum is, uh, he was just outdone by two superstars. Uh, with LeBron and Anthony Davis. So the Lakers end up pulling out the victory 114 to 112. They did not cover, though. They were a seven and a half point favorite in that game. Uh, but again, that helped the Lakers kind of wrap their arms around that number one seed a little bit closer now. Uh, even though they didn't cover that win, uh, they're starting to create some separation here. They're three and one against the number in the last four games. They're also. 29-25-1 and one against the number for the season, despite the fact that, you know, they've had to go through uh, a terrible tragedy there in uh, with Kobe Bryant. And we know the markets overvalue the Lakers every chance they get. So anyway, to be 29-25-1 yeah. against the number, Dane, is pretty impressive given that, yeah, your, your ass is overvalued, but Lakers still showing that um, they might be the king of the West, while the Celtics... Uh, on tough place to play afternoon, a tough noon spot for game. Them. Yeah, it's a tough spot for them. And I thought they showed up, but Tatum, yeah, that guy is, um, he, he's a superstar in the making. 
Tatum's on the come, Joe. Tatum is yep. on the come, and that's Big part time. of why, Joe. As you know, I've been heavy on the seas in the Eastern Conference. I think they're a team that's getting better as they now with Tatum and Hayward and Brown and Smart have more mm-hmm. experience together. There's like always been one of them out all year long. You know what I mean? Yep. And I think that if this is the team that is there uh, for the kind of stretch run, I'm still happy to have the Celtics be one of the teams that I'm looking at to try to beat the Milwaukee Bucks in the East. And I think that Tatum is a developing superstar that can definitely help it. And if you think about it, Joe, going on the road to the Lakers and losing by two is really nothing to worry about. Quite frankly, you show that even with LeBron and AD playing well on the road in a tough spot, you're right there. Okay. And they were tied after three. You're right there. So this, you know, Moral victories. You don't want to have many moral victories with only 25 games left in the regular season. But this is certainly one of them, in my opinion, if you're the Boston Celtics. Absolutely correct. And it was, listen, they are going to be a force to be reckoned with. You're going to have to deal with LeBron and AD. Now, tonight, they um, they are off, but they are having the memorial at the Staples Center. The uh, And it's going to be just crazy. There are guys around the league, players around the league. Uh, who have games here tonight uh, on the board, and they are they're gonna miss them because they've been Get given permission to be able. Yeah, so it's it's they'll be out at the Staples Center. It's uh, gonna be a time to grieve. Now, as soon as this is done tonight, and once they say goodbye to uh, to Kobe. Tomorrow they're welcoming in Zion, so we finally get to see the uh, the much you know awaited LeBron, the uh, sort of like the old generation, right, versus the new yeah. and upcoming generation with a Pelicans team, guys, that has been absolutely on fire. What can you say, Zion? Uh, doing all sorts of great things again yesterday. Zion scores 28, leads the Pelicans. Uh, to a win against, now, mind you, it's only the Golden State Warriors, but still, these guys are young, they're moving, Brandon Ingram, uh, uh, Holiday, Zion, yeah. I mean, these guys are just, they can score points with the best of them, so let's see Zion, let's see Zion go up against LeBron, and uh, and let's see him go up against Anthony Davis, I can't wait to see this matchup, to me, uh, he just bullied the Warriors last night, just, ab- they had no answer for him whatsoever he just kind of paved his own way in that game in the paint yeah let's see what he does in this lakers game i'm going to be very interested to see how they maneuver around him and how they handle him and what lebron does it's going to be must watch nba television on a tuesday night then yeah i agree with you joe but i just think it's a really tough spot for the new orleans pelicans right Back to back on the road uh, against a Lakers team that will kind of be trying to make a statement after the events of tonight. And LeBron is uniquely qualified to be able to bang down there with Zion. But I agree with you. The the Pelicans are, uh, you know, the arrow is pointing up. They're one of the very interesting teams in the Western Conference. You know how much I love John Morant and that developing Mm -hmm. core down in Memphis. But New Orleans is no different. You mentioned Ingram could be one of the like most improved players in the association this year with Ingram and Zion and you mentioned Drew Holiday and let's not forget Lonzo Ball either Joe you know Lonzo Ball is one of those guys who doesn't need to score 
to impact the game. Nine assists last night. Holiday with 15 assists in the win as well. Especially yep. when you have wing players like Ingram and Williamson, right? And even a shooter like J.J. Redick. You need mm -hmm. that point guard to not necessarily have to score. And Lonzo Ball fills that role very, very well. I'm excited to see these teams that develop. But right now, the here and now is about the Lakers, the team in L.A. And they're celebrating Kobe tonight. And then, you know, I think they will... Um, they will uh, not have a chip on their shoulder per se, but they'll be wanting to put their best foot forward tomorrow night. It's a tall task for the Pelicans tomorrow night in the Staples Center. Yeah, don't forget Brandon Ingham, Lonzo Ball, all former Lakers too. True. So that uh, there's going to be a little bit of revenge on everyone's mind in that game. On Sunday, that's the other part of the home and home. So Lakers got them on Tuesday. They're in the Big Easy on Sunday. So two matchups here between the Pelicans and the Lakers in the next six days is going to be awesome. Uh, and you saw some of the other scores there from around the league. Congratulations. Bradley Beal drops 53 in a losing effort against the Chicago Bulls yesterday. You got a feel for that guy. Uh, the Pacers continue to not be able to beat the Toronto Raptors. Only Who can? It, it was horrific what happened to them yesterday. They scored, what, 14 points in the first 12 quarter? 12 in the first quarter. 12 uh, in the first just, quarter. I've never seen anything like it. And to lose by 40 yeah. uh, is just, it's embarrassing as a, as a professional. And this is not, this ain't the Golden State Warriors or the Knicks, guys. We're talking about the Pacers here are a playoff team. And for whatever reason, they can't get it done against Toronto. That was embarrassing yesterday, as was the Bucks and what they did. And Giannis, uh, second half, uh, just to pull away and demoralize the Philadelphia 76ers, man, just routed them. 31 points, 17 boards. Middleton had 25, 119 to 98 Saturday night uh, of a battle between, uh, between these two. Everyone, a lot of people have it. This, this is going to be your Eastern Conference Finals, guys. It's going to have to go through Philly or Milwaukee. Well... I got to tell you, I don't want to go to Milwaukee. If I'm Philadelphia, you better play them at home because what a shock. Philadelphia got routed on the road. They can't win on the road, Dane. Yeah, we've said this before. Philadelphia is great at home, but I don't know if we trust them to be consistent over the course of four out of seven games. It's going to be very tough. I mentioned last week, though, I think it was with Jared Joe. In the NBA playoffs, though, you play on Wednesday, then you don't play again until, like, Saturday or Sunday. And that right. might be helpful for a team with a guy like a Joel Embiid who's never healthy, right. who needs all that time in between. But it doesn't matter to me right now. Listen, Giannis and Milwaukee, they're a different animal. And somehow the Toronto Raptors are still sort of flying under the radar. They won, like, 15 in a row, uh, you know, ending last week. Joe, and it doesn't matter. People still like, oh, they don't have Kawhi, so they don't want to be taken seriously. Guess what? They have a better record than the Clippers who do have Kawhi. And yep. like you have to start recognizing that on any given night, they're a real team that can run, you know, it's four or five different guys contributing. And, you know, they're going to be there at the end. It's going to be a lot to knock the champ off. I saw Gabe on social media be like, listen, it's them that are going to have to figure out how to deal with us, not the other way around. We already right. have the experience of beating them. We know what to do. And somehow I still think people are disrespecting the defending champions, Joe. 
not somehow the the market proves it guys i mean it, yeah. it continues to be all year long everyone's waiting for you know the proverbial wheels to fall off yeah. the toronto raptors and guess what it ain't happening. <laughs> it hasn't they are continuing to roll people and went through a big bout of injuries too through uh through the first half of the season so Good stuff by Toronto. Indiana's just like anybody but Toronto. Right. Ben Simmons also leaving that game on Saturday night in the first quarter. He's a mm. no-go tonight. He's got, and it does seem like they're a little bit concerned here about this back injury with Simmons. Uh, it might be a little time off for him, but never a good thing. Back injuries are the worst uh, in the NBA and because it doesn't get any easier. And the only thing that you can hope for is that they had an MRI yesterday, but they're going to take it easy. Not only tonight he'll sit against the Atlanta Hawks, but a couple other games, uh, maybe the whole week. It might be a little while before we see Ben Simmons. And they don't have any shooting as it is. You, you lose the inside presence of a Simmons. That's a that's a tough stretch ahead for these Philadelphia 76ers, who instead of being a one or two seed, Dane, maybe a five, six, Seven seed. Yeah. Can't win on the road. You still rather sit him down now for a little while, Absolutely. try to heal up. Get her done. And uh, listen, college hoops winding down. Four of the top five lose this weekend. What does we'll it all mean? We'll see some for you next year on the Grid SportsGrid.com. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Now, spring training baseball in uh, in full effect. We'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about that in case you are so inclined to want to dive into some spring training betting. Uh, help you, but there is a way to go about it. So then, and be smart about it. The numbers don't lie. We'll give you the numbers coming up. But let's talk a little bit about college hoops, guys. Over the weekend, contrarian betters yesterday. Cha-ching here, people. Uh, the two biggest games on the board yesterday. You had Ohio State taking down Maryland, 79-72. They were a three-point favorite. Indiana edge Penn State, 68-60. Yep. They were a one-point favorite. In both cases, the Buckeyes and the Indiana Hoosiers, they were only getting about 30% of the bets. And boy, oh boy, but we kept seeing the line move in their favor. That means the public was all over the other two teams there. Maryland and Penn State were getting a lot of public love. Didn't work out that way, boy. Did not work out that way at all. And that's why we always say it, Dan. You know, the contrarian right. way, especially in college hoops, that and contrarian basically means where the public goes, you go the other way. And when you've got a team that's only getting about 30% of the bets and yet the line continues to move in their favor, um, that means that that 70% of the bets going the other direction are definitely public and the more respected bigger betters are hanging with, uh, in, well, in this particular case yesterday, uh, Ohio State, the home team making a comeback, beating Maryland, who 
once again, has trouble winning a game on a road, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, but it was a big opportunity yesterday. Uh, big games. Ohio State, congratulations. Indiana in a must-win bubble game uh, against Penn State. I think Penn State pretty much has wrapped up their ability to to go. Uh, they'll be in the tournament for sure. Oh, yeah. But that was a must-win for Indiana. They did a great job. And that's the problem. Again, two situations here, Dane, all weekend long. When you have Kansas beating Baylor, right? You, you've got that you got to deal with. You had BYU taking State. down the Zags. Yeah. San Diego State losing to UNLV. You know, four of the top five teams in the AP all lost over the weekend. And that brings us to the narrative of this college basketball season. You have 87 underclassmen last year that went to the NBA draft. 87. You have a crop of freshmen this year who nobody is. There is no Zion. There is no, hence, great team. There is no, this is not a great freshman class by any stretch of the imagination. So what do we got, Dean? We've got something between parity and mediocrity. And that's what this college basketball season is, where there really isn't anybody safe at one weekend with, what, two or three weeks left in. Can you imagine? Tell me a time where four of the top five teams lost in a weekend this late in the season. It just doesn't happen. But it's happening this year because welcome to mediocrity. That's exactly what college basketball has. Everybody's in the middle. Nobody's kind of separating themselves. And even Kansas, a big win. You know, of course, they'll be the number one, I'm sure, this right. week. But there's no guarantee Kansas is going to run the table on anybody. No, we'll see if Kansas can get through the Big 12 tournament. They probably have another date with Baylor on the horizon mm -hmm. at some point in time. And that's part of why we've been talking about how hard it is for teams to go on the road in conference and win, Joe. We've been saying it all season long, especially in conference play. And that's where, you know, that's kind of the um, the trump card there, right? Yep. With teams that are not dominant, that can't go into places. We talk about good teams win, great teams cover. Well, I'd say the mm -hmm. same thing. Great teams can go on the road and win and in the Big Ten it didn't happen Two top 10 teams in Maryland and Penn State go yep. on the road and lose I'll also say this Joe about I don't know at this point maybe a month ago our guy Maxwell Smart we were asking about some team that's going to come rise from the ashes and he talked <laughs> about Ohio State he said yep. Ohio State about a month ago when they were toiling at like well under 500 in the Big Ten they were in like ninth place in the Big Ten and they mm -hmm. seem to be getting hot at the right time remember this was a top five team at the beginning of the season defecated yep. the mattress out the gate so remember it could just be about getting hot at the right time and I'm keeping an eye on this Big East me and Jared were talking about uh, the Big East teams um, as with five teams that are quality that could be in the Sweet 16. Joe yep. Creighton gets it done again at home against Butler by over 20. And one yep. of the things Jared was saying is that this team's offensive efficiency is one of the tops in the nation. Okay, and they they don't play very fast, but they are an efficient offense, and that's something that I'm going to pay attention to when we get to March. Watch out for the Blue Hens over there in Creighton. Yeah, well, you know, they went, uh, they had uh, one guy went eight for eight from three-point range. That sounds uh, like good offensive game. efficiency to me. That's pretty efficient over there. And Butler's <laughs> a really good defensive, uh, yeah. defensive efficiency, very good team, especially from three-point land. And it's, uh, when you've got a groove in there, and they've got a groove in right now, Creighton, 
Seton Hall, you know, Villanova's not yep. going anywhere, guys, anytime soon. So even your Syracuse Orangemen over the weekend, a big win. Uh, they come back home. with. Yep. Absolutely. So I still think they're on the wrong side point. of the bubble, Joe. Yeah. You've got you got a whole lot of teams that we're talking about that show great flashes and great opportunity, and then all of a sudden they'll lose two or three games in a week, and you're like, what yep. in the hell just happened to this team? Now, I do think we're at the point of the season where it's going to be pretty important. Uh, the teams at the top now, you got to have Kansas, Baylor, and the Zags, right? Those are going to be your top three. I think the right. best thing to happen to San Diego State was That's they right. lost this game because now there's no more number one seed conversation. They can be the number two seed and stay out west and be okay with that, no problem. So I think all these things will work themselves out, especially at the top. Duke, the Gonzaga, Baylor, Kansas, those are going to be your top four or five teams, guys. Then you got, you know, Dayton, San Diego State somewhere in there. And then you can go down a list, Florida State, Maryland, Louisville, Kentucky, yep. Creighton, Seton Hall. No, I mean, the list goes on. But a lot of those Danes from like, you know, number seven to 25, they, mm -hmm. you can flip flop at any particular point here. And none of us would be surprised, especially conference tournament time is going to be crazy. Absolutely crazy. There are going to be teams getting in that probably have no business getting in. But because everybody is so close, a right. couple of key wins in a tournament day, next thing you know, they're dancing come March 15th. Yeah, and the other place I'm looking at this, we've already talked about it, or maybe it was me and Jared, but you mentioned it, and you're right, Joe. Let's say teams like 7 through 30 are pretty mm -hmm. much interchangeable. So that first weekend, not the first round, Joe, but that second round, when we got like a 6 versus 3, a 2 versus 7, I'm going to be taking points and underdogs that first Saturday and Sunday um, in that round to get to the Sweet 16 because really yep. a 4-5 matchup, a 6-3 matchup is completely interchangeable um, yep. with some of these schools that we've been talking that have just been playing musical chairs uh, in the top 25 all season long. Yeah, absolutely. And there's going to be bracket time. I mean, bubble time here, guys, with a oh, lot yeah. of these teams. The, this week remains huge. Uh, tonight, of course, a big ACC matchup between Louisville and Florida State, um, which is going to go a long way in determining yeah. certainly seating and ability of teams there. Um, what do we got? Duke uh, is coming. I, I mean, when you look at all the teams that have games this week and the opportunities for them, we got two weeks left, Dane. That's it. We got two weeks, and then comes March 15th before the tournaments happen. And then, of course, the selection is on March 15th, Sunday. But, dude, yeah, <laughs> Wichita State, Cincinnati, Memphis. Yeah. I mean, I can go down the list where some teams are going to now have a huge conference game. And then you're, it's back against the wall. Outside of those top five, Dane, to me, nobody is assured of anything. And then you still got to worry about Dayton. Right. You still got to worry about these mid-major darlings yeah. this year. San Diego State, Dayton. Uh, can Dayton beat Duke? Absolutely, they can beat Duke. They could beat Kansas, too. Nothing that I've seen from the two big mid-majors tells me they're outclassed this year. This could be the year of the little guy. It could be. If it's going to be one of those little guys, I'm going to lean to Gonzaga because they've mm. been there before. Mark Few is the coach, has done it before. Are they really a little guy, though, anymore? I know, I know, I know. So Maybe hard. not. But the thing <laughs> is, and, and can they, like, so let's say Dayton or San Diego State, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yes, on any given day, they could beat the Duke. They could beat Kentucky, who, by the way, is another school that I think is rounding into form, Joe, yep, down there in the SEC, Kentucky, with some of their young kids. Um, I saw them against, I believe it was Florida, on mm-hmm. Saturday get a big-time win. Um, yep. But the question is, can they do it against three of them in a row, Joe? Wow. You know what I mean? Because that's what they're going to have to do. Like, yes, they can beat Duke on any given day. Yes, they can mm-hmm. pop off and beat Kansas. But can they beat Duke and then two days later turn around and beat Kansas? And then that's the correct. following Thursday turn around again and beat Kentucky? That's what lays before them. And that might be a little bit of a stretch. But I'm going to be excited and I'm going to have some shekels on it for sure. I do not know what the and you've got these really weird teams, Dane, too, that are getting maybe hot at the right time. I, we all stuck a fork in Mick Cronin and the UCLA Bruins. We laughed sure. at him as they, you know, he's trying to bring in this new offense to a bunch of guys that weren't recruited to run as slow as he runs in the half court, sure. and we're all laughing at him. And then since since they lost to Stanford at home on January the fifteenth, they've won nine of their last eleven. And they beat Colorado. They came from behind. They beat Colorado in Colorado, uh, a place that's almost impossible to uh, to win these days. They are out in the uh, in the Big uh, Pac-12. And voila! All of a sudden, how do you you can't discount UCLA, which we know they got players. Uh, it was yeah. a matter of would they be able to come together quick enough in Mick Cronin's first year, former Cincinnati head coach who had a lot of very playoff-bound teams uh, in Cincinnati over the years. All of a sudden, congratulations, UCLA. You are a player in the Pac-12 tournament and a team I would not sleep on come Pac-12 time at all. I mean, Oregon's the class. Oregon's there, too. But don't look out now. Yeah, Arizona's out there, too. And that's the thing, right? Like a San Diego State may see Oregon in a 2-3 matchup. And then Gonzaga out west. It's going to be nuts. And they get a fun. I don't know. Yep, going to be a fun, fun bracket. All right, going to be a fun sure. final hour, too. We'll dive into some Major League Baseball. Teach you how to uh, bet on spring training games because we're that kind of degenerate next year on the grid. <laughs> Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid.